Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Selective Hearing. Today, I have Miss Jackie Diggins with me, and we are going to give some amazing mommy advice. As always, before I get started with my questions, I always love to give my guests an opportunity to introduce themselves and just let the audience know what it is that you do and how you got here. So Jackie, the floor is all yours. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, Julie. It's good to be here. I'm Jackie Diggins and I'm mom of 10 children, been married 30 years. I'm also a covenant life coach, which just means I'm a faith-based life coach. I'm an author, so I have three publications out and one's called Covered Living in Triumphal Going Through Trials. And that has a study guide with it. I also have a devotional that's called What If You Believed? And it's just 31 beliefs to act on from the living word to bring about life change. That, in a nutshell, is who I am and looking forward to our conversation. Me too, because I'm thinking about like, as a mom, if I'm going to get advice from anybody, it's going to be a mom that did it 10 times. Like... <laughs> <laughs> right. I I talk about all my uh, my kids all the time on the show. And I know like my listeners, I have a lot of mama bears out there. So if there's anyone who can like give us some inspiration today, it's definitely going to be Miss Jackie. Trust me. So before like we go into books and, you know, all of that great stuff, I kind of just want to like get into your backstory as to how a mother of 10 and a wife and I know in our pre-interview, we talked about you also homeschool. How did you find your footing in that, like, and learn to kind of balance all of those different things in life and get to where you are today? Well, I can say, first of all, that I was a mom of three children. I was overwhelmed with three, right? When I felt God call us to raise a large family. And at that time, I mentioned it to my husband, what do you think about raising a large family? And he was like, sure, you know? And so we decided we would take one at a time. And that's exactly what we did. We have 10 from every other year for twin about 20 years, we had a baby. So I was nursing or pregnant at, for 20 years, right? So I learned to flow and I learned to be very flexible in life because I remember thinking things aren't going the way I wanted them, right? Some, I mean, in anything, it's like I would try to step out and like go do something with the kids. Well, one of them would be sick or something else would happen that we'd be late or just couldn't go at all or other things too. But I learned to just go, okay, I guess we weren't meant to be there. So I tried, instead of being continually disappointed in what wasn't going on or was going on, I decided to flow with it. So instead of the thought of balancing for me, it was more of a flow. And I always said, we're moving forward. So no matter what happened in the day, no matter if part of the schoolwork got done, or most of it, or if I was just training kids all day and taking care of character issues and different things, I always said we're moving forward because I knew we were always learning, whether it was through academics that we were trying to get done with the homeschool side of stuff, or if we were training in character. So 
anyway, that was just kind of how I needed to learn to manage and flow with my home rather than constantly be feel like I was fighting against what was happening. I don't know if that makes sense, but mm-hmm. I, it does. I don't think that I, I balance here. I think I flow here too, especially because like my kids are so different. Like I always say like they have similar interests, but their personalities are worlds apart and they're only two and four. So I know that the, the more they become developed in life and the more they mature, it's probably only going to get better. So I'm already kind of in the habit of that with them because like there'll be like right now, Mondays are like record days and it's like, okay, you guys go outside with dad until mommy gets done working. And my two-year-old is like, I want to ride my bike. And my four-year-old is like, I want to sit in the wagon and get pulled around town, basically. So... <laughs> And he had to take the dog and the kids. So I was like, you know, both of you should ride in the wagon. And then when mommy's done working, you can go on your bike. And if Elijah wants to stay in the wagon, he can. And we can work it out that way. And there, um, Zion is like, no, let's just ride the bike now. (laughs) Yeah. I love that name, by the way, Zion. Thank you. (laughs) It's definitely a learning thing. And like, it's definitely you're learning on the job. And I'm, I'm finding that as a new mom is like, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. What it is today. Just, I know just going with your gut feeling or, you know, I always, I hear from God. So I'm like, okay, what do I do here? God, and just try to flow with, all right, I'm feeling like it's this way today or, you know, mm-hmm. so I definitely get that. So what advice would you give? I I don't want to just focus on new moms. I'll say just all moms out there because like I said, there's like, and you know, like there's just these transitional pieces. Like it never really gets easier. Everybody's oh, when they get older, they'll be easier. No, when they get older, they'll just be a little different. There'll be new, there'll be new challenges or there'll be new things that we're presented with that we have to work through. So what advice would you give to all the mama bears out there that may help make days a little easier? Well, the thought of, flexibility is a big one because if we get bent out of shape, literally, Mm -hmm. when things don't go the way we want them, then that creates the mood for the whole day. So the idea of flexible is similar to the idea of flowing is just like being able to move with whatever's happening and be able to shift. I also remember asking God, so I come from faith-based, right? Asking him, how do I do this? You know, because I was going on at this time, six kids, baby in my arms, you know, toddlers running around, the older kids, um, they would have been right around the teenage year, you know, some of them into there. And I was like, how do I do this efficiency in the home, you know, um, training them, keeping all the laundry and all that going plus the homeschooling and I saw this verse that a friend had actually given me you know those kind that you put up on your wall and it's just like a vinyl type Mm -hmm. wording so it wasn't even a verse I picked out but it ended up being just what I needed one day when I had tears streaming down my face it said unless the Lord build the house those who build it labor in vain and I thought God I don't want to get to the end of my parenting journey doing it in vain, like doing, well, this is what I'm doing and kind of fighting my fate way through. But I wanted to listen and do it God's way. So I said, Lord, I need you to build this house. 
right? I need you to show me how to get all the laundry done and do it efficiently, you know, do the all the dishes and get the schoolwork done and plus the character training and all that. That's a huge part of life as well. And so when when I learned to yield to what God was saying to me and stop getting upset over spilled milk, you know, I remember the mornings when there would be like five spills, milk, cereal all over the floor, and you know, then another one screaming and a dish breaks and you know, all the things. And what I did in the natural was I quieted my voice. So instead of raising it, I quieted my voice and I just said, it's okay. We'll, we'll just clean it up, you know, because I, I realized that if I'm angry at my children, when they break something of mine or when they make a mess in, in our home, I'm actually showing them that I love a clean space or the thing that broke more than them. And I didn't want to portray that, you know, anymore. So I've never been super attached to things. So that wasn't really hard in that regard, but I did like a clean place. You know, I didn't want to have more things to pick up or do because we already had it. You already have enough as it is, right? Without extra spills. But I just realized that I needed to love them through. That was part of the training. And I needed to be that example of I'm not going to be the yelling mom. I'm not going to be the angry mom, you know, and just choose to shift Like, I love you more than this dish that just broke. I love you more than a clean home. So let's just clean it up and and move on. And you know how sometimes we can let some of that stuff set the mood for the whole day. Then we're angry all day because we had to, you know, we felt like it was a nuisance to have to clean up something. But what if it's part of the training? You know, what if it's just part of the process of, of our life? I never thought about until like getting on my own journey then becoming a mom how much of the behavior that we model ends up affecting them and ends up like molding them and how much they actually adapt and incorporate into their own habits and personalities and so it's I'm very intentional with a lot of things that I do because of that like I live with two I I call them actually my surveillance team because (laughs) They see everything. They hear everything. They don't miss a beat. And like, they let you know, like my kids, oh, especially the baby. I feel like he's me all over again. He likes to talk. And obviously, so do I. So like, he he tells you everything. He talks about everything. But I, I really have to be, and I'm not, you know, perfect anyway. And I have like those days where I really have yeah. to check myself. But like... I, that is something that I learned and I'm glad that I learned really quickly that you have to be very careful with the way that you model the behavior that you're modeling in front of your children. Because I think a lot of people tend to just associate, oh, well, I don't curse or I don't drink or I don't smoke or I don't do all these things in front of my children. But it's like, it's, it stretches way beyond that. Like you said, how do I respond to a dish falling on the floor or cereal getting spilled on the table How do I respond to the tug of war over the Tonka truck? Like that happens all the time. (laughs) Those things, like they're, they're literally, they're learning what to do in these situations by what we do 
in these situations. Yeah. That's why I love to say like the, the child's real firsthand education is in the home. Like it's it's it starts right at home. And then when they walk out that door, they're gonna apply regardless of what it is. They're gonna apply whatever skill set you gave them yeah. to whatever situations they endure out there. So exactly. Yeah, and what if the process of life is more important than the result. Sometimes we're so quick to want to go get to that result, right? But what if the process, like the daily things that we do or don't do, get us the results we want? You know, the way we are with our children every day, it matters so much. The way that our attitude in our, our days are what get us to the result we want at the end. So like my, okay, so Zion is two now. And his thing every morning, and I he just like started doing it consistently, but I didn't realize he was picking up on it. So I'm not gonna sing it to you guys because my voice is only reserved for my children. But <laughs> <laughs> there's a song that we sing every morning, and it's about uh, good days and beautiful days. And mm-hmm. when I wake them up in the morning, I would sing this song all the time. And I started skipping a few mornings because, you know, just some mornings you're trying to get to coffee. My two-year-old gets up in the morning and says, good morning. And he says, it's a beautiful day. And that every single day. And he'll even go check out the window and he'll be like, it's raining. And I'm like, but it's still a beautiful day. And he goes, it's raining and a beautiful day. And it's like... (laughs) adorable we can't even start the day and i mean like we'll have there's some days where you wake up like oh gosh okay we're up (laughs) but like it's really hard to stay in that little funky area Mm -hmm. when you start your day doing things like that you start your day saying like you set the tone for the day or when this little two-year-old full of life walks by you all happy (laughs) that's a beautiful day That's adorable. Yeah, I'll have to share with you. So I I went through a few different seasons of depression, but one in particular, I knew I needed to change something, right? So the fifth and sixth babies were the, the ones that specifically stand out where I, w- I remember postpartum depression even lasting longer, you know. I remember going, okay, God, I know that I can get on some medication if I need to, right? That's that's available for me if I want to, some antidepressant or something. But I felt like he was wanting me to do it a different way. And my thought was, if the word, so I'm a believer, so we have the word of God. And if the word of God is true, like it says it is, it's active and living, sharper than a double-edged sword then I should see a change in my life when I apply it. So the verse that God brought up to me was, this is the day the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. So it's kind of like the song you were singing with your boys, you know? So I took that verse and I I thought, you know what? It's not saying if it's a great day, rejoice. It's not saying if everything goes right, rejoice. It's just saying it. Every day is the day the Lord has made. I used that verse to get me up out of bed. I didn't want to get out of bed. I was afraid. I didn't know what to do with my kids. I was afraid I'd do it wrong. So I would say that verse to get me up out of bed. 
And then as my five children would come to me and in the morning, I would say it to them. And I would paste a smile on my face because I didn't feel like smiling at the time. I was just still just like, just getting that verse out there. And we're going to change things up here. And actually, after about two weeks, I didn't have to say the verse anymore. It had become who I was. And I was happy, enjoying my day, rejoicing in the day with my kids. And that that's how it stayed, you know, and that verse is in my heart. It's like it's a part of me. This is a day that the Lord's made and I will rejoice today, no matter what happens. I'm going to have joy in my day. I'm going to share something with you that has absolutely nothing to do with anything that I have planned today or this episode, but it's because of what you just said. I am actually currently editing an episode that is supposed, it was supposed to be out at eight this morning, but I had a crazy weekend. Mm -hmm. In that episode, that is something that I exactly said to the guest. And I was speaking to her about a phone conversation that my best friend and I have almost two or three times a week. I call her, I get on her nerves. <laughs> I call her in the morning when she's at work. <laughs> We've been friends almost 30 years. I'm that friend like where she's like, oh, I can't get rid of you. No, you can't. But I call and we know each other so well that I can hear if she's having a day or if it started rough. I can hear in the way she, she speaks. I can tell in her responses. And I say to her loud in the phone, today is the day that the Lord has made. And she'll with an attitude be like, oh, I don't mean that. Just like that. And I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like, what girl? And she'll say it. And I'd be like, okay. And I just literally said that in an interview wow. that I'm getting to put out right now because that is something that I believe. And that is yeah. something that I do with my best friend. And like, she will also say, and she'll be like, yeah, you're right. Cause we were, we were having a conversation in the last episode about thankfulness, being thankful and being grateful, no matter what you're going through in life. And she'll be like, yeah, you know, you're right. Because somebody didn't wake up this morning. Mm. And like, that's the thing. Like every single day that we are blessed and fortunate enough to wake up is a day no matter how we feel, it's not going to be perfect. We're going to have those kind of those moments. Mm -hmm. But we are in control of the atmosphere and the attitude of the day. And we can yeah. turn it around and we can mm -hmm. use that opportunity to do whatever we want with it. Like we can really have good days if that's what we choose. And it's just, mm -hmm. it's something as simple as just looking out the window and just being thankful for like, I woke up, mm -hmm. the sun is shining. Or yeah, it's raining, but... It's still a beautiful day because new life is going to come behind that rain. It's just switching your mindset to apply that half full instead of half empty to it. It shifts. I, I promise it shifts. Trust me. I used to be a very, very yeah. negative person. It shifts, everybody. <laughs> like, it does. Yeah. We can live in that new way, you know, mm -hmm. because of what God has done for us, you know? Another thing that's helped me as a parent is to start from a place of being loved. So the word tells us that we're loved, that we're his beloved. The two, first two commandments in the Bible say, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Mm -hmm. 
When we first choose to love God and realize how much He loves us, then that's what allows us to love other people. But starting from that place of knowing we're loved, then when our kids come to us, or when they're misbehaving or whatever is going on with them, we're not attached to that in some unhealthy way, right? I don't know if if you or anyone listening has ever felt like, oh my, when my kids do that, I feel so embarrassed. I'm so upset that they're doing that. But if we already, like if we're not trying to get anything from our kids, like if we don't need, if we're not coming from a place of need with them, then we're with God. We're in this, I like to picture it as this fortress of love. So in Psalm 91, he says he is our refuge and our fortress. Well, when I looked up that verse on what a fortress was, it's an impenetrable building or heavily protected building. So if we as believers can picture ourselves in heavily protected building in Christ, that's what it is, it's in the love of God, then as things from the world, from our kids, from our husband even, from just outside circumstances, whatever it is, we're in this place that I picture it if it can even come through this fortress of love, that it's softened by his love. And so then when it reaches me, I just am like, it's already softened and I can go, hey God, how are we taking care of this, right? If when my kids are misbehaving, it doesn't have to affect me. I'm still love. Nothing separates me from his love. So I can just go, okay, how am I taking care of this? Respond to it rather than react, right? And just walk through life from that place of I'm already love. So I'm not needing from others. You know what I mean? In an unhealthy way. We all, I love all the people in my life and, but it doesn't have to make me feel unloved because of what they've done to me. I don't know if that resonates there. I do. And like another thing too, is like, I don't really, it's not so much with my kids because I'm never embarrassed really by the things that they do. Um, Mm -hmm. But I get frustrated with other adults and I'm working on that. (laughs) Understanding that the way people behave is so far out of my control. There's no need to get upset about it is like everyday work for me. But Mm -hmm. I do like, I feel like children are the most honest, open. These are the most amazing beings that you ever come across. And there's no, they learn, we teach them how to lie. We teach them how to do all these things. So my kids are very, like I said, they're very vocal. (laughs) They're very honest. And you know, kids don't have that filter. That's not there. They just say what they mean. So example, we went out for ice cream and my oldest, we're waiting in line for a really long time. We were, and there's a lady in front of us and she was just, she was taking a long time and the kids were getting antsy. And my son goes, Hey, I'm trying to get some ice cream. You're taking a really long time. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I heard it, but it it took a second to process. Like, what'd you say? Yeah. (laughs) And so like, he looked at me and he looked at her again and he was like, Hey, he was like, Hey girl, you are taking a really long time. I would like to get my ice cream now. (laughs) So like, it was the the gaze and the glares and the upsetness from all the adults. Like we're adults. This is a four-year-old who just, all he sees is ice cream. He has tunnel vision and we should be able to know that. It was the adults and how they kind of responded to it. 
those kind of things which make me like like come on now so i just i looked at him because i'm also not about humiliating or embarrassing my children in front of anyone and like me correcting their behavior is also something that i feel like is private mm -hmm. because i don't want their confidence to be chipped away so the 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 evil glares weren't gonna push me into doing anything that they felt like i should do with my child i was just right. like I was like, Elijah, I was like, it's almost our turn. I was like, remember, we have to be patient. And I was like, because when we start ordering, someone's going to be waiting behind us, okay? He's like, okay. Yeah. And then when oh. we got in the car, I was like, remember when you told that lady to hurry up? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, next time we have to use better words because certain words may offend people and we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And he's mm -hmm. like, okay. And I was like, and I know ice cream is tasty and you wanted some really bad. But I was like, but we also have to remember to just be patient and wait our turn. And he's like, okay. Now the next oh, time we go ice cream, I'll see how that works. <laughs> but yeah, I just, no, it's, that's... it's more so the adults that kind of give me like the, uh, when they do that. Cause I was like, to the kid. Mm, yeah. Well, if you can think too, just that adults come from what their past experience and just from where they're at. So it's really not, it's not about us, you know, or about what just happened. It's, they're just reacting or responding from where they're, they've been, you know, their life experience. They were probably raised that, you know, in that way where they were maybe torn down or we don't always know exactly why, but just giving people space, I guess, to, okay, see where you're coming from, you know, <laughs> doesn't mean we have to like it, but we can be like maybe compassionate about mm -hmm. where they've been. You know, but you did a beautiful job with your set. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I try yeah. to encourage them to be vocal. <laughs> like, so, but it just, you just never know with a four year old when that's going to show up. Yeah. I do try to encourage them to communicate. It's just how are they going to communicate sometimes? He really wanted that ice cream. He waited a yeah. long time. <laughs> okay. So, what led you to become a coach? And you are a faith based coach. And I know, like, we've discussed, it's no secret. <laughs> you love God and that is a part of you. So I would just, I'm not even going to ask you what inspires you because we know, we know, but just like, so everyone understands what it means to be a faith-based coach. And yeah. um, just because she's a faith-based coach, I just want to let you know this because I do direct all of my listeners who need coaches or who need advice or anything to please reach out to the guests at the end of the show. So um, I just want you all to know, like just because Jackie is a faith-based coach doesn't mean she's gonna turn you away. So reach out. <laughs> Cause I, I want yeah. people to know that. I don't want people to think like, oh, well, does that mean? No, all may reach out and speak to her yeah. and, exactly. and learn from her, okay? So let's just throw that out there for all my listeners. I wanna know really what truly led you to say, this is it, this is what I'm gonna do and I'm gonna help people. Yeah, you know, I mean, of course you and I both know leading of God, but I'll kind of share how it came about. So when I had seven kids left in the home, so now we have six, our sixth one is um, graduating this year. And anyway, God said, put them in school. 
uncomfortably, but knowing I needed to follow and obey because that would be the best spot for them then. So about five years ago, I put seven kids in school. After homeschooling for almost 20 years, the first three graduating through that, then I did the switch. And the way I walked through that was I said, God, this is very uncomfortable. Like, I don't want to do this. But I heard him say, just impressed on my heart. I actually heard it audibly, but he said, they will excel and be a light. So I stood on that word as I made the shift. Like, okay, God, you said this, I'm going to believe you and I'm going to just move forward. Any rocky places that we've hit in the last five years with them in school, I've always stood on. God said they would excel and be a light. And so we'll work through whatever it is that's shown up here, you know? So that was the first step. Well, when they went into school, I went into school. I did two years of Bible school and it was just through our church, but it was paid. I mean, I put the money and time in there. And when I got done, my husband had actually been out of town more than he was home for a year and a half right prior to that. And he was actually still out of town when I finished Bible school. And it was the same time COVID hit in 2020. I was just finishing Bible school. Kids came back home. I was homeschooling again. I was like, okay, I guess I'm homeschooling again, you know, as I was asking God what I was supposed to do next. Well, then the life coaching came up. I had never heard of it before. I'm from a rural town in Montana. We don't hear about stuff as early as some of the, you know, bigger cities and places. So I had just been doing my family, doing my kids and walking with God and growing through the trials. And I knew I had to do that when it it came up. So in June, my husband mid-May came home with his job. So he was back home with a home office. I started the coaching academy. That was what I I just knew. It was like, I have to do this. I tried stepping away from it at one point because of the money and different things. And I, I told my husband, I have to. It's an obedience thing. I felt like God was saying, you can either obey me or money. And I felt like I needed to obey him. You know, I had seen enough of obedience to him working out in my life that I was like, no, I'm not gonna get stopped by the price. So anyway, stepped into that. And I heard God tell me after I became a coach, I had these verses running through my mind. So first of all, as a faith-based coach, I help people come in alignment with the covenant of God, with the word of God, so that they can live their best life. And then these couple of verses were running through my mind. And it was, you will help people throw off the weights and the sin that are entangling them and forget the past so they can run their race and reach the goal of the high call of God. So that is what what I help people do is those things right from the scripture. You know, it's amazing to help people that want to go to the next level in their faith, you know, and get like almost tired of living the lukewarm life, you know, or the life that's just one step in the world, one step with God. It's get like all in. I'm serious about this. And when my husband was out of town, is it okay if I share this little vision that God gave me? Okay, thank you. When my husband was out of town and my kids were just, it was a hard season, right? They were 
like one one hurt her knee in a, a sport and it wasn't easy you know a couple of them I had put in school like right at their ninth grade year eighth grade year so they were just like okay how figuring it out I had a vision during that time of myself on a dock and it was one that was waving with the water I said God it is getting really unstable here. I feel like I have nothing to hold on to. Everything familiar with homeschooling had changed. A homeschooling is a lifestyle. Basically, you do chores, you do training the kids, you do the schoolwork together. They worked in our family business. It was just like a flow. Well, that all changed. Then my husband went out of town and he had actually had a low season of a breakdown kind of season. And so um, we also had just other situations with family members, extended family that created a spot for me where I didn't have any one physical. We had also switched churches. And so everything was new and different. And I didn't have anyone to go to. There wasn't, my husband was gone. I let go of trying to find security in my kids as far as like needing them. You know, God was like, no, let go of your kids. You're good with or without all these things. And so as I was on that dock and I'm like, there's nothing physical for me to hold on to, you know? He was like, yep, that's exactly where I want you. So with my eyes on him, right? He's like, now I want you to step off the dock. And I was like, well, this place is very unsteady. You know, I'm, I don't feel like I have anything to hold on to here. And I'm, I feel like I'm about to fall off, right? And I stepped off and that place felt more secure. I was on the rock, on my firm foundation, And that is where he wanted me and he wants us as believers to be solely for him. You know, be single-minded, be just like, okay, I'm thankful for all these things in my life, but I'm if I'm trying to find my security and safety, holding on to anything, we're we're being double-minded, you know, we're he wants us just like so that was a vision he gave me during that time. And as I stepped off the dock I'm like okay he's he's all I need he's my source he's my you know my salvation in every way and so yeah it was amazing to walk that out with him and encourage other people to do the same thing you know that was that was very beautiful that was a that now that's everybody listening what we call a testimony okay (laughs) and that was a beautiful (laughs) one at that In the world that we live in today, I feel like we push away from conversations like this. People are afraid to talk about these things out loud. People are, (laughs) there's just so many. I mean, I'm sure you've heard, (laughs) you hear just like the rest of us, the the things that are said. And obviously I welcome it on my show because I'm a believer as well. So I encourage conversations like this because they're necessary, you know, and that's just, that's how I feel about it and I think thank you for sharing that with me and with the audience want to talk about homeschooling with you and I want to talk about it because um homeschooling unschooling as a new term that I just became familiar with to be honest um in conversation recently but um homeschooling unschooling this is something that has come up a lot and a lot of people um 
have been considering it, myself included everyone, just because of the influences that are present in some of our school systems. I say this to everyone listening as well. We can't protect our children from outside influences. There's no way that we can stop them from encountering anything. However, like, and I also firmly believe that, like I said, your education begins in your home. So the values, the morals, the, the everything that you give your children mentally and spiritually to prepare them, sorry, to prepare them for what they're going to be up against in the world. Like, I feel like that's our responsibility as parents, 100%. But that doesn't change the fact that our kids might get out there and be like, you know what? I know mom and dad told me and showed me, it, but I'm going to try it anyway. <laughs> you know, like that's not going to, I was a kid. I tried it all anyway. I just want you guys to know that I, I'm not putting this on outside people or, right. or blaming anything or saying that you should or shouldn't do. I'm just speaking on it because it has been brought to me and it's something that I'm strongly considering just based on my experience with my four-year-old entered school. I was back and forth. Like, should I put him in school? Should I put him in school? So my kid goes actually goes to a school. It's actually Lutheran. So he goes to a private school and it's very small. And it gave me like that sense of community and mm -hmm. the teachers were older and experienced. The principal is a lot older and experienced. Um, I felt like they knew how to handle. My kids are also pandemic kids. So they've never been in the outside world because they've always been here with me. So it's like I wanted him to be in an environment where one, he was understood and not labeled and able to thrive in the way that I was allowing him to thrive at home. I didn't want his confidence to be taken away. I didn't want him to be kind of like stuffed into a box. His first year of school has been amazing. Small classrooms, he gets attention, he's learning. You know, like my kid, I'll share it. He's obsessed with Godzilla. I didn't want him to be bullied because he wants to talk about Godzilla all day with you or he knows every single dinosaur, the period that they come from, if they eat plants or if they eat meat and which one's his favorite and if he can see a T-Rex battling Godzilla. I just didn't want like my, my sweet child <laughs> yeah. being chastised or labeled or harmed in any way for being what I encourage him to be every day. And that's his self. The school is getting ready to change, go through a little shakeup. So like, it's not that I wasn't happy with the school or with his experience because it was amazing. But this change, I'm not mm -hmm. sure if I'm, if it's in alignment with what I want for my children. So right. homeschooling, because then we're looking at other schools and we're like, what are we going to do? We thought we found the perfect environment. What do you do? Yeah. Homeschooling, unschooling has come up because again, I personally want my child to be in the best shape as possible when I release him from my arms and say, here you go. Right. So what advice and what information can you give based on your experience with um, homeschooling? Yeah. And yeah, I've done both. So I have both, you know, to look at. But the first thing is, I would encourage people to never make a decision out of fear. So check your motive and just like, am I afraid to put him in? Because that's not going to get you what you want if you're in a place of fear. So try to shift it and be neutral is what I try to do in what in where my kids should be or whatever. I, my feeling is too, is that if they're where God wants them, they're in the right spot. 
all around. Safest spot, best spot academically, best spot for growth, because you never know what God wants to do in their life or yours. Because if they're in the public school, then you're in the public as well, because you're kind of interacting with some of the, you know, teachers and the different things, not starting from a place of fear. And we're actually in a spot where we are considering a move to a bigger city. I have still five kids in the public school system right now, um, ranging from 16 down to eight years old. As we move, I'm not afraid to put them in the public school system if that's where God wants them. So I always check in with God. Where do you want our kids now? Where's the best spot for them? I'm willing to homeschool again if that's what God wants. It would look different because I'm doing some different things now. I'm willing to put them into a private school and I'm willing to go homeschool. So I try to keep myself in a neutral spot so that I don't miss what God's trying to tell me. And the way that I, I hear that is I feel if I'm neutral in my will, I listen to what my heart's saying on which way it's leaning. Sometimes I, I have a for sure it's there. Like in my husband, you know, we both usually are in agreement and wherever we, whatever we do. But I listen for the leaning of my heart. What is God saying? Where does he want them now? And it's always for everyone. What I'm saying is it would be for the purpose of my kids being in a classroom where they can be a light, my kids with the right teachers, where they'll help them uh, grow and move forward. And also me interacting with all the, the different people, you know, and I'm also willing if God leads to put some in one school, I mean, we'll have a few different schools going anyway. So if some need to be homeschool way or a private or public, just staying very neutral and listening for what the leading is of your heart. A couple of verses that God gave me, those who are sons or daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God. If you're homeschooling, ask God, okay, what curriculum? Just know that you're a person led, so the decision that you're going to make is the best one. And He will shut a door if it's not, right? Because I know for a season I'd be like, I have no idea what to do or which curriculum to choose. When I started believing I'm led by the Spirit of God, then I walked in that and I did not waver and I did not doubt. And I was always w willing for him to shift something that needed to be. The other verse that he specifically gave me, because I needed this verse both when I was homeschooling and when I was uh, a public school mom. And that was, all of my children are taught of the Lord and great is, is their peace. And that was from Isaiah. You'd have to Google it to get the exact reference. So I needed to believe because life happens no matter if you're homeschooling, if they're in public school, teachers are gone, there's substitute teachers. If you're home, there's all different, maybe the kids aren't well for a short season. Life just happens. There's reasons that maybe the actual book work school or whatever you end up doing happens. Then I needed to believe that they have peace. Like I just needed to rest in that God's teaching them wherever they're at and not rely on myself or the school teachers or, you know, 
So those were a couple of verses that I specifically remember standing on. We talked about you being an author and a mom and a wife and you being a coach. If you could define your call to service, what would you, how would you define that? Um, Call to service. So I know I'm called to serve people that want to go higher with God, you know, that want to believe. So for many years, I was a believer and I wasn't walking it. So when I really realized I can actually believe this word and do it and it's going to change my life, just help helping people get to the point where they are believing the word because belief is faith and that's how we act out our faith, right? We that's what we walk in our belief, what we what we really truly believe. And then just the simple obedience of the word. If it says do not worry, don't worry. That's a mm-hmm. that's a command. Do not worry. Do not be anxious. Do not fear. So we need to be believers and people that are obeying the word, simply obeying it. And just believe God's for so much more than we could ask or imagine. That's from Ephesians 3.20. Just, He will do. I mean, I've seen so much in my life, financially, with my kids, just believing that they're blessings, that they're children of God, and that, you know, we just walk at a different level. We believe in miracles. We believe in the supernatural happening. And as a, a coach, an author, a speaker, that's what I I help people believe and walk in the word and believe that over their circumstances. Jackie, it has been like really like beautiful talking to you. I know it's been like a long time since like we had our pre-interview, but I'm like, oh gosh, yeah. It's really <laughs> nice talking to you. Um, great. I, okay, so before I ask you the big show question, um, could you please let everyone know um, one, how they can contact you and how they can purchase your books? Okay, yeah, definitely. So they can contact me through um, just my email right now. I'm getting a, a website and different things put together now, but it's just JackieDiggins at gmail.com is my email address. And my books are found on Amazon. They're also on Barnes and Noble. Look me up, Jackie Diggins. It's D-I-G-H-A-N-S. And the first name is J-A-C-K-I-E. But um, yeah, the one book covered is my story, God's message of believing the word over my circumstances. And it's got a study guide with it called Covered on a Deeper Level. And it's something that you can go through personally just to grow in your faith or with a group. I picture group women's groups and things going through that book just to help them walk in the word, just walk with God and live in Christ. And then my first devotional out is what if you believed? And it just goes through believing what if you believe this word and I give the scripture and talk about walking in that. And I have more books coming because I have three more that I know God's asked me to write so far. And so yeah, that's how they can find me and get a hold of me. And I will, as always, have all of this information listed in the show details. And everyone at selectivehearingshow.com, a resource page has been added. 
So if you just go to my website and click to the res click on the research page, I mean resources page. I'm so sorry. You're going to be looking for a research page and it's not going to be there, but a resource page is definitely going to be there. And it has the guest episode and name and all of Jackie's contact information will be listed on that page. And all you have to do is literally click the button with her name and it'll take you directly to her and you can reach out and ask any questions that you have. So before we go, I always love to ask the guests this question. It's my favorite part of the show. And it is, what does selective hearing mean to you? Selective hearing means that I keep my ears open for God. I listen to him first. I, I don't let all of the, you know, influences of the world distract me from what is God saying to me. And I don't let even, you know, my husband or um, other people in my life affect what God's saying, because, you know, not always will everyone agree with what God's saying. Um, like with Abraham, if you picture him saying to his friends, yeah, God told me to go sacrifice my son. They'd be like, what? God wouldn't say that, you know? So we, I, I think it's just that simple obedience of doing the thing that he is asking us to do and keeping our ears open for what he's saying and just following it. Thank you so much, Jackie. Thank you. This conversation has been so beautiful and amazing. I appreciate you for being here. Everyone, Jackie was supposed to be here several episodes ago. So I'm glad that you made it and you were you were patient with me and that you're here today. I appreciate it so much. And oh, yeah. it's been great. Thank you for having me. And I think I came on at just the right time. I, I believe that too. I do. So everyone, um, I will be back next week with another special guest. So until next week, this is Selective Hearing.